Well, hello and welcome to the bullpen. I'm James Roy, and with us we had Hot Topic TV. We'll we'll figure out what he's doing in a minute, but Tom's with me as well, and we're gonna be talking Texans playoffs and Bobby Slowick. Should he stay or should he go? All that and more live from the bullpen. Hello and welcome to the bullpen. I'm James Roy. Like I said, this is with me is Tom, Tony, Hot Topic TB. He's gonna be up when he gets back in. He like he literally was on with us, and then dropped out right as I started the live. Don't know what happened there. But Tom, what an exciting time! Oh, here he is. One minute. Let's patch him back in. We're gonna patch him back in. Hot Topic TB, what's up? What's up? Yeah, it had it had made me download the link, so I had to come back in. <laughs> All right. Well, we're glad you're back, and uh, we're here to have kind of a – I don't want to call it a round table. I feel like there's so many people in the H-Town circle um, that are try- – uh, there's like the H-Town round table is already a thing. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm not trying to be that. So from the bullpen, that's what we're doing. Here to talk Texans playoffs. We're still alive. Still alive in this one and going to Baltimore. Um, it's about a 10-degree difference between the temperature that is supposed to be in – Casey in Baltimore. Um, I want to know, going in, before we knew who we were playing, which team did y'all want the Texans to take on in the next round? Um, me, me personally, um, I wanted the Chiefs because of, of the, the young receiving core that they have. And uh, pretty much last week, last week they leading receiver um, uh, is a rookie. You know, he's a rookie, a guy that they just picked up. I forgot what round he came in, but he was a rookie. Um, they've been having a lot of trouble, uh, you know, with the young receivers. And uh, on on a divisional round, on a stage like this, in the divisional round, I believe the Chiefs would have been an easier path. Uh, but I'm not scared of either, either one with CJ at the helm. Oh, yeah, it's easy to, like, feel like the Texans have a chance in any matchup with CJ. And, like, personally, <laughs> the, the weather – was kind of a factor for me, but with like the minor difference in temperature, I I think the bigger factor for me was the historic air around Arrowhead. Oh, I just yeah. felt like going into and especially with the Texans' history against the Chiefs in the playoffs, I just wasn't quite ready to face my PTSD from that quite yet. <laughs> I'm I'm certain based off how the Chiefs are in the playoffs, even though they're playing their first road game ever in Buffalo, I'm certain that's who will be waiting in the AFC championship. So, uh, I mean, either way, you're going to have to face that, but I'd just rather maybe hold off for a minute and, and give us some time to recover. But yeah, um, I, I what understand. are you looking at? I, so I, it definitely go ahead. Go ahead. I'll go ahead. Go ahead. So for me, it was, it was also the chiefs, but for the weather aspect, uh, they're talking about wind being a thing in Baltimore and it's not going to be the same in KC. So knowing that we feel that CJ is going to put the ball in the air, knowing that the passing attack is going to be so important to the Texans being successful, I think that if you have no wind at Arrowhead versus about 15 to 20 miles in uh, Baltimore, I would rather you know, face the Chiefs on that, on that front. 
personally, I like like TB said, man, CJ at the helm, you just, just yeah. line him up. It doesn't matter. Let's go. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's so locked in right now. He's getting so much love from around the league, and it's, and it's justified. I mean, I saw – I don't know if y'all saw the thing with uh, the Colts linebacking core that's going around Twitter, how uh, EJ Speed was talking about when he had that second and 14 and he threw it up. He's like, man, he's throwing that out of bounds. And then he looks up and, and Nico runs under this thing. And he was he was he was matched up with Singletary, and Singletary's like, man, that's CJ. And he was like, man, I knew this guy was special. Or right after that, I knew he's doing it all the time. So for me, uh, with CJ doing what he's doing, this team doing what they're doing, I just feel like there there is like like TB said, there's there's no one I fear. Uh, I'm excited for the opportunity. I think regardless of the outcome, I'm extremely proud of this team, and uh, we'll just see what happens. I didn't even really think about the wind, like I. Uh, that Chesapeake Bay breeze, you know, I've been up to Baltimore a few times. It it'll get you. It'll it'll really get you. Um, I mean, looking at what the Texans have done so far, I cannot emphasize enough how much I agree that CJ just gives me hope that the Texans can somehow do this. Now, the current line on the game is nine and a half. To give you a frame of reference, the line was ten on the Bills Steelers game, which was a game between the number two and number seven seed in Buffalo with all that cold weather and snow. Um, it just wasn't a matchup that favored the Steelers. Do you think maybe Vegas is putting too much weight on the weather when they're talking about how the Texans will fare? Or is it more the fact that the Ravens are number one seed, can't be beat? Like, what, what do you think it is? Why, why are those lines so close? Um, I, I, think they, I think those guys are overthinking it, man, because um, – uh, if you think about it, C.J. Stroud played at Ohio State in the cold, in the snow. Ohio is like one of the worst places you can play for weather. And um, same thing as Nico Collins, man. Michigan, he's he's been in that that type of, you know, that I mean, those type of stadiums, those type of games. I mean, so, I mean, we really have a lot of our key contributors that's, that played in that type of weather. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's maybe because – it's the the number one seed. They're Baltimore Ravens. They have the the triple crown defense. I'm thinking it's more of that than just the weather because um um a lot a lot of our players that played in those type of elements, especially the star players that we have. No, yeah, I, I think for me, I think a lot of what the 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 line says is people are still referring to the first game. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I think it was like. 26 to nine or something like that. 25 to nine. 25 to nine. Thank you. Um, and I think that is sitting in everybody's head going, okay, these two teams have faced in Baltimore and they were both kind of fighting their footing, but Baltimore was clearly better. And now you take a team that's going to get Mark Andrews back when you see Isaiah likely doing what he's doing. And it's like you added another weapon to that team. So it just, it feels like, they just don't feel that the Texans can stop Baltimore, and that is why the point spread is what it is. I, 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 if I could bet in Texas, if I could bet in Houston, I'd be rushing to somewhere to bet that because I just don't think it's a 10-point game. I think the Texans keep this thing close. So um, I don't know what Vegas is doing, but, I mean, they make all the money, so maybe they know something we don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they do. I mean, I, I think that the, the Texans in that first matchup showed that they could contain Lamar Jackson with a defense that had not yet gelled and is not the strong suit of the team, honestly. Like, outside of the rush defense, the pass defense is not, like, necessarily super impressive outside of Derek Stingley. It's serviceable. 
Um, but looking at the issue, the issue was the Texans couldn't produce any points. And the Texans' offense was was not quite there yet. They hadn't really figured out what the Texans' offense was. And now now we know that. And and that's my favorite part of this matchup. And I, I've said it a hundred times. I just put a video on Instagram, and I, I've been talking it up. This this streak of games from starting with the Colts, where it's like we're just not the same team we were the first time we played this team. It's like we look Indianapolis week two. They're like, well, the Colt, the Colts will probably handle the Texans. No, not quite. You know, oh, the Browns, the Browns are number one defense in the league. The Texans dropped just an absolutely awful game against them. There's no chance that the Texans can beat the Browns, as, you know, the Pat McAfee show very clearly told CJ before that game. Um, and then you got this matchup. It's just, a, a, in, and there's other things going on with it, like the fact that beating the Ravens would give us the AFC North gauntlet, like the complete, like, beat every team in that division. Yeah. And that's hard to do. That's one of the best divisions in football right now. So I I have high hopes that this team can come through. I think that if, as long as CJ and Nico play, and I think it's important to include Nico in that because CJ without Nico is good, but I think that what, what makes that offense hum has been the connection between CJ and Nico, especially yeah. with Tank Dell out for most of the season. Um, I mean, we, we saw it early where Tank Dell and Nico kind of took turns being healthy for a little bit there. And it worked because CJ had that guy he could go to, um, but now that's just Nico. So I would be, I would be, I would be a lot less confident if Nico didn't play. But I mean, what specifically about this matchup are you guys looking forward to? Just like matchups within the matchup. Um, I, I, I guess for me, um, the Ravens' pass defense is not as great as everybody. Think it is. Um, uh, Cleveland had, I think, three three of the top five cornerbacks in the league on the same team, and uh, um, Baltimore can be suspect when it comes to the passing game. If, if the Texans can um, kind of do what they did against Cleveland, um, though, uh, you know, a lot of uh, misdirection, bootlegs, um, getting Nico wide open, getting him behind, uh, you know, a lot of those safeties. I think I think we can get Baltimore trouble. See, my thing is, what what gives Texans the Texans the a problem is when they playing from behind. So if the Texans just go out there and get a quick seven zero lead, fourteen zero lead, uh, ten zero lead, I believe the Texans will be able to hold uh, the Baltimore Ravens because I mean, um, Lamar Jackson as far as a passer, I mean he has a strong arm, but he's not an accurate passer. I mean, I mean, a lot of his stuff is through the middle to the tight end, Mark Andrews. Um, but as far as um, I mean, he, he can throw the ball deep. But if the Texans don't let him let anyone beat them deep, and they kind of bracket play play like a bracket coverage, like they did against um, um, I'm losing the, uh, the the receiver for the Browns, uh, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper. They kind of bracketed him. They had um, they had um, you know the safety over top, um, and then they also had. Uh, Stingley, like, you know, covering, they kind of did a bracket coverage over him. So that way they couldn't get beat over the top. And I think they might have to play that same way against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think that there's a specific receiver on the Ravens that Derek Stingley should be shadowed towards? That was one of the things they did to fix the previous matchup was they had Derek Stingley cover Amari Cooper on all, all snaps, I'm pretty sure, um, at least most of them. And, and he did not have a good day when he was being covered by Stingley. Um, do you think Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, is there anyone on that team that you're like, yeah, Stingley needs to be on that guy? 
See, see, I, I don't know because uh what, what Odell Beckham did for the Rams in that in that, that Super Bowl run, I mean he could just go off. Like he I mean he still has some juice and he can go off, but so can Zay Flowers. So I'm not really sure if it's one particular guy that I think, you know, that we should look into. But I, I, if, if I would, I would say Zay Flowers because he's the younger, the more spry. Uh, he has the speed. Uh, he can get over the top. I believe it would be him. But like I said, um, with Odell Beckham, man, at any time, that guy can just go off. Like, uh, but, but I'm liking what Steven Nelson's been able to do. So I believe if they do um, – uh, um, I, I believe Steven Nelson will be able to uh, have pretty good coverage on Odell Beckham. Oh, yeah. Tom, what matchup are you looking at inside the matchup that you think could stick uh, out? For for me, the, the, the biggest fear is is for these tight ends. The, the, the Baltimore tight ends are clearly a focal point. That's clearly where Lamar wants to go with the football. And it's like yeah. my biggest concern. I think Cashman's going to have to have a great game. I think Petrie's going to have to have a great game. Um, we may see some Kareem Jackson. I think he might need to be somebody that uh, is is brought in to be a bigger uh, defender for this team because if 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 those guys, if if we believe Stephen Nelson and and Singley do their jobs, which I, I think they will too, you know, well then where is Baltimore going to go with the football? The run defense has been very stingy. I don't fear Dalvin Cook. I don't fear Gus Edwards. I don't fear Did any Dalvin of the- Cook sign with the Ravens. I thought he did. I, oh, I, I didn't I, see it, but I mean, I'd believe you if you said it. That that, that would help them out a lot. Yeah, I, th- I thought he did for the playoff run because he, you know, got released or whatever. But it, whoever's back there, I don't see any of those guys being better than what they faced in Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. So obviously, we got it from the chat. So Dalvin Cook did sign with the Ravens. Also, yeah. same guy, Cash Cash Dame uh, says Texans versus Bills for sure. He has Texans Bills in the AFC Championship. Speak it into existence, great. man. I want it. For it. I'm here oh, for yeah. it. Um, as far as the safeties go, you mentioned Kareem Jackson getting some play. That that position's been kind of in flux since Jimmy Ward went down. It's It's been serviceable. Um, as far as I've observed, the starting safety configuration has been Petrie and Houston Carlson um, with Adrian Amos and, uh, and Kareem Jackson maybe giving the occasional... Well, I, I'm not fully sure what that rotation looks like. Do you, do you think that what they've been doing with that has been working, or do you think there needs to be an adjustment? I mean, whatever they did against Cleveland, sign me up for that because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I agree. you you look at you look at what Flacco had to deal with. I felt like whatever his first and second read was, he didn't have, and by the time he was trying to get to that third read, Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard. We're in his face. So to, to be fair, Flacco had 300 passing yards, and I feel like 290 of them went to tight ends. Like the backup, Harrison Bryant and uh, and Njoku were both going off, and I was just like, yeah, yeah they were. I, I, I was surprised when I saw a stat line uh, that 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 was what he threw up. And so I mean, I I agree that whatever we did against Cleveland, it, it definitely should be it. I think we we've spoken to it before. It's it's the bend don't break tactic where you're like. We just can't give up the big play over the top, but they can run all day if they want to. We'll stop the run. We've got a run-stopping defense. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Um, l- looking away from the playoffs, and I think we'll, we'll finish with this topic for our, for our discussion, Bobby Slowick 
got an offer for an interview from the Seahawks today. I believe that's the fifth team that has asked to interview him. Let's see. We allow the most targets, receptions, and yards to tight ends. That is an unfortunate statistic with Mark Andrews yeah. <laughs> warming yeah. up to play this week. But <laughs> let's just hope he's a little rusty or maybe that he just doesn't play. Um, but Bobby Slowick's been interviewing around. Do you? What are the odds in y'all's eyes that Bobby Slowick leaves this offseason and decides to accept a head coaching job? Um, I, I think fairly high, uh, especially to me. Uh, to me, it's 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 to a specific location, um, and that's the Washington Commanders because uh, they just hired the the general manager. You remember when uh, like. I guess the beginning of the year or I guess the off season when he was talking about all oh, Nick Casario might be out. Uh, he might leave. And, you know, it's a general manager uh, that the, uh, that D'Amico would love to have from the 49ers. I guess he was the assistant GM at the time. Well, I guess the commanders just hired him. I, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but he just got hired in Washington. I know what you're talking uh, about. I saw that only, headline. Huh? I said, I know what you're talking about. I saw that headline. Yeah. But not only that, they have the second overall pick. So even if a team decided to go with Drake May, you either either Drake May is going to fall to them or Caleb Williams is going to fall to them. So it's almost the same uh, scenario as the Houston Texans had with the quarterback. You know, either getting it at one or two, getting either or. It's almost the same scenario. We just happen to be blessed and lucky that it was CJ and not Bryce. But I, I think Drake May is a better prospect as well as uh, Caleb Williams. You know, Drake May a uh, six 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 four like big body quarterback, and Caleb Williams is this elusive like six one, two hundred and fifteen pound quarterback. Both of those guys, you know, Drake May a Heisman candidate. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Drake May uh, like a good NFL prospect, and um, Caleb Williams is a Heisman, you know, winner and a finalist again, I believe. So. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to pass up that defensive line is is a a murderer's role. Like I mean, they have a good team, and if they get a, a offensive coordinator, I mean, well, head coach like Bobby Slowick, who's going to bring this same system, uh, I believe they can be really really legit. But I believe that would be the only team that he should, if he do take off for everyone else. I think you just sit back and kind of wait because it's a lot of good coaching candidates out there. But Panthers is a train wreck. A lot of these organizations are train wrecks, and you don't want that for your first coaching job. One position I'd be interested to see him in that has not expressed interest in him yet is the Chargers. Oh, um, yeah. I think that with yeah. Justin Herbert, he's already, I, I, I would say, set at quarterback. Um, it's a tough position in terms of the contracts that they have, um, and in terms, of, especially a lot of those contracts being at wide receiver. Um, but I, I think that he can make something shake there. But I think the Chargers are making a big push for Jim Harbaugh. So I don't even know if that position interviews anyone else except for, for the, uh, what's it called? What's that, uh, the Rooney rule? Other yeah. than that, they may not interview anyone else. I'm I'm almost certain. But Bobby Slovic's connection to the Red, uh, the, or, I'm about to, I'm going back a few yeah, years. Yeah, the, uh, the, the Washington Commanders. I know. Really the Washington football team. Uh that team he coached for them back uh, back on the staff with like Kyle Shanahan uh Mike McDaniel Sean McVay so many great NFL coaches that currently coach in the league were on that staff and that's where he learned he was a defensive assistant so I think that fits and I agree with you that that the 49ers uh sending their assistant GM that way 
uh, definitely helps his case. But what about you, Tom? Do you, do you think there's odds that he does leave? And if so, where do you think is his best sticking point, sticking spot? I truly feel like both of y'all hit it perfectly, 100%. Like, if, if it's me and I'm him, I, I, I take a lot of stock in what D'Amico said when they asked him what they what they thought D'Amico would tell him or whatever, and he's just like, be selective. It's got to be the perfect spot. It's got to be somewhere where you want to be. It's got to be a town that you want to be in. It's got to be somewhere where you want to, like, you don't want to go anywhere. And I feel like Washington makes a lot of sense for all the reasons you outlined, uh, TB. It, it, you know, he's going to have a GM that he trusts, somebody that he's worked with in the past, a place that he's been before. I don't necessarily knew where, know where he, you know, got his start or anything like that or how close that is in proximity. But having a young quarterback to be able to mold, having all like, you know, starting over with new pieces, I think that makes a lot more sense than him trying to fix something in Seattle or fix something in Carolina or fix something in Atlanta. I mean, those guys could offer him, you know, the Brinks truck. They could back it up and, and, and make him do that. But for me, if I'm Bobby Slowick, you know, I've got the best gig in town right now that isn't a head coach in my mind. And the only thing I'm leaving for is something that I have total control over, something that I can mold, something that's going to give me the freedom to do what I want to do and go and get the pieces that I want to get, you know, to steal that old Bill Parcells line, you know, you got to let me go and buy the groceries if you want me to cook the dinner. I think yeah. they got, I think he's got to ask for that if, he, if he's going to go to one of those places. And I just don't see him getting that, except for like TV said, Washington. I, I could see him pulling a Ben Johnson and, and sitting out a year, doing the interviews to get the experience, and then staying with the Texans. Um, yep. To speak to your point, you mentioned the Panthers, and uh, the commissioner of my Dynasty Fantasy Football League is currently, as far as I can tell, he's watching from Instagram, and he's a big Panthers fan. And it, it begs the question that, and I'd love to see it actually applied, like the theory, because there's a lot of discussion on how CJ wouldn't do the same in, in Carolina or Bryce would be better if he was in Bobby Slowick's system. And so to, for Slowick to get hired by the Panthers, if that was to happen, it would be the true test of can Bryce Young perform if the system's there? Because apparently whatever system they were using before just wasn't working. Um, and also to touch earlier, you mentioned Caleb Williams versus Drake May when we were talking about the commanders. Um, personally, I've seen a lot of, of posts that, that make a lot of sense to me. You can go ahead and start screen recording if you want some material for receipts. Because um, I'm about to drop something that might sound dumb right now, but could sound really dumb in the future. Um, <laughs> Caleb Williams, to me, his stock has fallen so far from where it was because I think that a lot of people that watch, you know, draft analysts and people talk about this generational prospect, they they get a lot of that like ESPN effect where they just watch it and they take it in and they're like, yes, these people say that Caleb Williams is excellent. Is Caleb Williams actually excellent? And the, the, the talk is, is that a lot of the off-platform throws and a lot of the on-the-run stuff that makes him a great prospect is stuff that just simply doesn't work in the NFL. It's very hard to consistently produce with the way that Caleb Williams has had to produce at USC. And so it begs the question, is Caleb Williams actually... like? That's why I think recently Drake May has snuck in as a potential guy who could cut in and steal that number one overall spot. And I think it's also why Caleb Williams took so long to commit to declare for the NFL draft is that he may or may not believe that he's actually the number one overall pick or that he wants to play for the bears. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play for the bears with where they're at. <laughs> Me neither. Matt Eberfluss employed or however you say his name. 
I, I would say the Bears, and hear me out here, the Bears are probably a worse situation than the Panthers um, if, if they don't handle what they, the, where they've been placed correctly. The Panthers are obviously worse off you know, draft-wise, but the Bears could very easily flub this, and the only wrong answer is to keep Justin Fields as your quarterback. So, And I, think, I believe Justin Fields, I mean, the Bears shouldn't overthink it unless they're going to probably go uh, Drake May because – like I said, even with his body type, he's the he's the prototypical um, NFL quarterback. Like that that's that's the thing. That was the major difference between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young as well. I mean, C.J. Stroud at 6'3", 215, and Bryce Young is I guess five nine, maybe five uh, ten with with a heel on the back issue. So like he's um, the shortest quarterback ever drafted, number one overall. Yeah, and he might be. I think he's tied with Kyler Murray for the shortest quarterback ever drafted i could be wrong on that one but yeah see and uh, uh tonight like to me caleb williams they they say he's six one he's probably six foot uh uh but they say he's six one but he's built he's, he's he has a stocky built a strong built kind of like uh maybe like a running back or something but like you said the, the off schedule throws definitely won't happen in the nfl uh in uh, against nfl defenses uh, but I believe he still have the the like the arm talent. Um, I, I I seen I, the, he have you, the pick you apart ability. I guess as far as like his brain. Uh, so I believe like if he get with a a a, a I guess how would I say a a, a coaching staff like R R a co- head coach like Bobby Sloyd who can um, I guess kind of tootle with his with his game and uh, and use his strengths. To make him better and adjust easier to the NFL, uh, I believe he can be successful. But like you said, I believe uh, that uh, Drake May is the the, the number one quarterback. Uh, but you know how it goes. Sometimes when uh, draft season comes, people overthink things, just like the Carolina Panthers did. Uh, and now, now uh, the Bears own their first overall pick, and they stuck in I guess no man's land with Bryce, trying to see if. He's a real NFL prospect. I don't blame the Panthers for where they ended up, though. I mean, if that, I'm convinced, and there are other people that there are people that will try and tell you otherwise, but I'm convinced 100% that if the Texans had not beaten the Colts and they held the number one overall pick, that they would have taken Bryce Young, and this team would be in a very different position. I don't. I based on the hires and based on the staff, I'm convinced that we don't necessarily fail like the like the Panthers did. I think there's enough talent on this roster that we know now um, that that you probably see the Texans maybe get six or seven wins instead of the you know making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't blame them for doing that. Just like I, if the you know Bears decide to go Caleb Williams, I can't blame them for doing it. He's the consensus number one overall pick. There's it would be overthinking it to pick anyone else. If, yeah. if I'm the Bears, and, and unless, of course, you're just absolutely tied to Justin Fields, which I think I think that the 49ers give us a great example of why the Bears should move on from Justin Fields, in that the 49ers got another quarterback late in the draft. In this case, the Bears would be picking that quarterback, but they, they, they found a good thing in Brock Purdy, and they weren't afraid to move on from a guy that they spent three number one, uh, number one, or sorry, three first round picks to get in Trey Lance. They sent him off for a fourth, sold him while they could, and and moved on to Brock Purdy when they found that. And so just because you spent high draft capital on a player doesn't mean you shouldn't move on, especially at quarterback, if you believe that you're going to significantly improve. So 
I would not fault the Bears for moving on from Justin Fields because, one, I've never been high on him to begin with. But, two, I mean, it's, it's Caleb Williams, regardless of what I've said earlier about him. It, it, he's a generational talent. So, you know, you take your chance on that if you think it's better for the team. Yeah. All right, fellas, I've sat back and listened. You and got I don't, it. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what football y'all are watching, but I don't, I don't know how y'all are so down on Justin Fields. Like, the guy, no. he's been in a bad system, in a bad yeah. situation. They finally go get him a wide receiver in DJ Moore, and now they start making plays. Obviously, uh, they, they, they could improve, but I think the answer is simple. You go put Marvin Harrison Jr. on the other side, and oh, yeah. you you go eat. I, I don't care. All these people that are they're saying, oh, they need to trade Justin to Fields. Fair, I'm like, I think Hot Topic TV is with you that Justin Fields is worthwhile. I'm the one who's pushing the yeah. Justin Fields should be moved I on from like, narrative. I feel like Justin Fields as well. Because when you see what he's able to do with his legs, and then you see some of the throws he makes, I don't think he's the problem. I think what's around him is the problem. I think they've obviously not taken any stock in the trenches. You know, their their offensive line is not great. Um, I guess I guess the running game, eh, okay. Tight end's good. But, I mean, they needed a wide receiver. They get DJ Moore, and then all of a sudden they become more of a, a if an offensive team. And I just think you keep building that thing as opposed to let's tear it down and start over and get another quarterback. And and everybody that's that's – Justin Fields just needs to just to he just needs to go somewhere. If I'm Washington and I know they're trying to get rid of Justin Fields, I'm probably trading for him. They're I'm saying probably, they could get the number eight overall pick for Justin Fields. Yeah, easy, and I believe it, hundred percent believe it. I so I'll take the tech the Texans for example, right? They drafted C.J. Stroud and they're in the playoffs. C.J. Stroud's rookie year with the way that first round pick quarterback contracts work, they've got four years with an option. So the first five years as long as they pick up the team option, are guaranteed. And they have C.J. Stroud for that, and now they have all this cap space. They're in the ideal situation. This is, the Texans are in the situation that every GM in the NFL dreams of being in, in in this very moment, with a very real chance at pushing deeper into the playoffs and a real chance at improving drastically as a team next year. So when you look at the Bears situation, the Bears are pretty all right when it comes to cap space, and they've got good draft capital, but they're th- two it was 21 so they're three years into justin field sorry it's probably two it's two they're two years into justin field's contract already so if they pick up his option they've got three years so they now have three years to build a team that's serviceable for him and so unless i have the promise of being a playoff team in the next two years and and i or or i just don't think i can get better than justin fields i move on from justin fields and i reset the clock and then i take this draft capital that i have and i and i try again because the, the mistake teams make is they take that path. They take that path of trying to build around a quarterback that just isn't it. And then they end up like the, the Texans ended up in that situation a couple of times throughout the, where they were like, this guy could be okay. Well, maybe not. And, and you know, all this good draft capital and all this building they did around it, these players are now leaving and now you have to start over from scratch. So I think that, that unless the, the bears think that Justin Fields takes them to the playoffs in the next year or two, I'd move on and because and, either way, they're either going to have to drop him or they're going to have to sign him to a huge extension. Here's the counter argument for that. Baker Mayfield is the counter argument for that. Yeah. Teams passed on from hold on, hold on, I'll let you talk. Hold I'll on. Let you talk. Ba- Baker was passed on by Carolina. Baker was passed on by Cleveland all for a younger 
sexier option. One, a draft pick. The other one, a mega deal. Guess who's still playing football? And all he needed was the right system, the right chance, the right weapons. Did you see how he carved up those Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, yeah. he, he looked like a top five quarterback. And, yeah, he, and he I mean, there is nothing saying Justin Fields can't be that. We talked about Bobby Slowick and potentially going to Washington. I'd be more afraid of Washington getting Bobby Slowick if Justin Fields ends up there, as opposed oh. to any of the other quarterbacks in the draft. That guy is more ready to win than any of those guys, in my opinion, more built for the situation. And the weapons would already sort of be there with uh, Logan Thomas and uh, Samuel and um, uh, oh, I'm missing his name. They're wide receiver. They're their top. They're big, big play wide receiver. Anyway, they have the weapons. They would have a defense. They would have a lot of pieces. They're really short of quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. But I have a, I have a quick question. And it's on a, it's on a, one of the, uh, the topics you touched on as far as building around a quarterback, a young quarterback that you feel is a playoff quarterback. And uh, I, we, we all feel and we all agree that C.J. Stroud is a playoff quarterback. I mean, probably a top, definitely a top 10 quarterback. Okay, how do you guys feel about the trenches, like inside the, de- the defensive line as it is now? And do you feel we should spend, like, like big money to bring someone in like Chris Jones or someone that can kind of dominate and then you still uh, re-sign Gennard and have Will Anderson Jr. on the outside still and make it a more formidable and more dominant defense or do you like the way Nick Casario has been going about it and kind of getting like the bargain bin players? I think we're going to see a different Nick Casario this offseason. Casario has been playing it the way he has because the Texans we're in the position that I exactly what I described before CJ Stroud joined this team and became what he is. This team was in a perpetual state of, we don't have the quarterback. So Nick Casario, much to the criticism of a lot of people who didn't understand what he was doing, you know, was signing one and two year deals and giving, you know, what he thought was kind of all right weapons, not trying to drain the salary cap and waiting out what a situation that Bill O'Brien put on him when he was on the team. That's how long that's been going. And so he made a service. I, I don't even want to say a serviceable team. The Texans were trash, but that was to be expected because that was what the hand that Nick Casario was dealt. But yeah. then Nick Casario, now this offseason, I fully expect him to do that. And that that just feeds into my point. My point is, is that the Bears, if the Bears want to do, have this, the Texans have good problems. The, D, the D-line and O-line has been serviceable but could use improvement, and the Texans have the resources this offseason to fix that problem. And guess what they don't have to worry about for the next five years? Quarterback. They don't yeah. have to worry about how much money they're going to pay him or how it's going to affect the cap space because they have a playoff quarterback. And that also brings up another point, which is that, simply put, remove all of the other things I've said about Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. The, the, the question is simple. The question is, do you have a quarterback that you believe can win a playoff game consistently? Like when you put him on the field, you go, I don't care who we're playing. We are in this game and we can win and should win this game. Because that's how I feel about C.J. Stroud. And I I will never, it would take a drastic turnaround in Justin Fields' career, but I will never feel that way about Justin Fields. So I feel like I could feel that way about Caleb Williams, even though I've, I've talked down on him in this very live stream. I could feel that way about Drake May. There's potential there. And so, but right now we're not talking about potential. We're talking about, I've seen what Justin Fields can do and sure it's flashy. It's like Lamar Jackson light. I mean, Lamar Jackson just does it better and it's more serviceable. Justin Fields can run the ball and can, and, and is less capable thrower than Lamar Jackson is. So 
at that that rate, I would rather have any other quarterback. Give, yeah. Lamar Jackson is, and that's not a, a trash talk on Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's great. Lamar Jackson is a quarterback that I would want. I believe he can win a playoff game as much as his record has shown that he can't. You know, being one and three, I Lamar Jackson way better than Justin Fields. And if Justin Fields is just Lamar Jackson light, I'm you know Lamar Jackson does what he does, and he's it, there's very few comparisons to him. So like if you're just a lesser version of Lamar Jackson, I don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree with that. I I agree with that. I don't know. For me, I think you're crazy because everybody in the league is looking for Lamar Jackson light, and nobody can find it. Everybody's looking yeah. for a dual threat guy, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. These guys that can do it with their legs and their arm. I don't know what you're talking about as far as uh, his throwing talent because that dude's got a cannon for an arm. I don't. I mean, I've seen deep balls to DJ Moore more times than I can count, and that's from playing a lot of daily fantasy. I just feel like that he just needs the system. That's really what it amounts to. He just needs the weapons in the system to go and play. Does that make him a system quarterback? Maybe, but I feel like Lamar Jackson is a system quarterback. You just can't sit him back there and throw a West Coast style offense with Lamar Jackson and it'd be good. They tailor everything to him, and I think that's smart. I think you use his gifts and you tailor your, your offense to him. And they they have a lot of plays that are just like, all right, we're going to call a quarterback sweep and that's okay. And then we're going to call a quarterback sweep and then we're going to throw the tight end off of it. And that's okay too. And I don't think that if you're looking at a guy like Justin Fields, who's proven he can do it at this level, I don't think there's any argument about that as opposed to going out and trying to find a draft pick. I know we talk about how fortunate we are for C.J. Stroud, and we are, 100%. As Texan fans, we are to the moon that the stars align that C.J. Stroud is, is the quarterback of the Houston Texans. But I also remember a time about three years ago where I was all in on Deshaun Watson before he decided he wanted to play here and had you know extracurricular activities. And I would have said, pay that man his money because we saw him flash and do it. Flat, fast forward. I don't know if Deshaun can do it anymore because he's had so much time away from the game, whether it be injury or, or, or issues or whatever, that now I just don't think he, his process is as fast as it once was. So I'm always going to feel that if you, if you got a guy that's doing it, a la Baker Mayfield, find a way to make it work. And then you, you can go and win football games instead of the, the, the potential guy Again, you get lucky. Everybody gets everybody gets lucky, gets a generational talent. C.J. Stroud is not walking through the draft doors, I think, again, for a while. Yeah. And as Texan fans, we're just incredibly blessed. But yeah. obviously, I, guys are going to draft like, oh, I can go find the next C.J. And the, and the answer is you probably can't. Well, there's so many different things. Like, on, on that note, I mean, you said the system needs to be right. Um, there are a lot of people that critique the Browns for firing uh, firing coaches after one season the turnover at coordinator and this, that, and the other. So, so is one more valuable than the other? I would say quarterbacks more valuable. I, I, I think you're, I, I'll, I'll give you this. It's situational. And so if you think you're going to bring in the OC, that's going to like make Justin Fields perfect and, and build the perfect offense for him, do it. Um, it, it all, there's so many different moving factors to it. There's way there, there are, you know, thinking like, you know, end game, you know, where, you know, Doctor Strange holds up the one. This is the one. This is it. There is that one possibility where, you know, Justin Fields is the starting quarterback of the Bears in the playoffs and wins a game. 
I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. But to catch up the chat on Instagram, um, Cash Dame says, can't wait to sign Mike Evans. I would love to have him on the team at the right price. I think he retires a buck. I don't know. But with Baker Mayfield, we've been talking about him. I think Baker Mayfield has made that possible for the Buccaneers. My sister, um, when I was talking about the Bears, commented, just throw out the whole franchise. Um, So there's that. Um, And then when we're talking about comparing quarterbacks, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, all that, my sister also commented, what do the stats say? And to that, I don't have the stats in front of me. So uh, yeah, what? He's a Houston native. He's going to love CJ. I agree. Mike Evans would love CJ. I think Mike (laughs) Evans would be a great get at the right price. I mean, I feel the same way about re-signing Dalton Schultz at this point. It's like if the price is right, you got to do it. And that's like, I, I feel like that's cliche. It, it It's true about, you could say that about anything. You could say, well, yeah, you know, in insert, play, you know, Devin Singletary at the right price is great to re-sign for the Texans. At the right price is the key word. But I mean, I would love to have him on the team. I also, though, and Tom and I have talked about this on our uh, our recap of the Browns-Texans game, the emergence of, C, of uh, Nico Collins as wide receiver one, I mean, it'd be great to have two like threats on, on each side just to go for it. I feel like we have that with Nico and Tank when they're on the field. Um, but, I mean, I think Nico Collins' emergence as wide receiver one makes it less likely that that number is low is uh, is high enough that they would be willing to pay him to where he'd come over. But I don't know. What do you all think? Um, to me, because um, uh, the thing with Nico, I would love to have him because, number one, I believe he will because he's a Texas, a Texas guy. Um, he'll be coming back home. Um, he's playing with C.J., I mean, uh, uh, no state income taxes. He has a lot of reasons to kind of look at this organization. Uh, head coach D'Amico Ryan's the direction we're going, and and Mike Evans is kind of like I mean, Nico Collins can play from the slot as well as Tank Dell can play in and out. A lot of the a lot of the receivers that we have are versatile receivers, so you can swap them out. You may have Nico in the slot one time, Tank on the outside, Mike Williams on the outside, or vice versa. You can use those guys, and and that would confuse defenses like crazy because uh, uh, to me, I mean, Nico is not uh, primarily a 50-50 catch type of guy. That's more Mike Evans, so we would have a red zone, just uh, uh, CJ throw it up there and I go get it type guy. As well as Nico, you could put the ball in Nico's hands behind the, the line of scrimmage, and he'll go get you twenty yards. So Nico, he's a versatile receiver, but I don't see him as a a, um, a fifty-fifty ball like receiver. He's very physical and everything. So Mike Mike Evans would bring that element, and as well as the, the versatility with uh, Nico and Tank Dell would would really really work. But like you said, it's it's. It's the money thing. If he, because you have to, you have to pay Nico Collins as well. He, I believe, this is the last year of his contract, so Nico is going to want to get paid. Yeah, That's fair. I mean, I agree. I think it's really going to be interesting to see what they do with the wide receiver room in general. Um, you look at Noah Brown, who was doing so great. I think he was on a one-year deal, so they're going to have to put somebody on the other side of the football. Yeah. I feel like Tank is is perfect in the slot, and I think they envision him there. So when you look at some of the free agent wide receivers, I, I mean, if we're shooting for the moon, 
AJ Brown has, has taken all of the Eagles off of his social medias and stuff like that. Okay. If they can find a way to go give me AJ Brown, go do that. Like, oh, yeah. could you imagine? Could you? I mean, yeah. if we're playing Madden, Ooh. if we're over here building a, a, a you know an ultimate team. Give me, yep. give me AJ Brown if if we're shooting for the moon. I love Mike Evans. I think he'd be great. You know, Galveston native, that kind of thing. But I think James is one hundred percent right. I think they should retire him a buck. He's been a buck his whole career. I think it makes sense for him to you know finish where he started, and uh, that would be a cool thing for them to do for him. I think he's also going to get no state tax if he stays there. I think the numbers got to be right for Tampa too. I, I think they're going to be worried about money as well. But um, I'm I'm just excited for the offseason in general. They're going to have so many options. This is this is such a destination. People are going to want to come to Houston. You're going to see social media buzz because, A, they have the money. B, they've got CJ. And C, who, who knows? Who knows where they could finish? And then it's like all of those things are going to make people want to load up with the Texans. And who doesn't want to play for D'Amico? I mean, when you got a head coach like D'Amico that genuinely is a player's coach that everybody wants to run through a wall for or through for, I I'm just waiting. I, I, I can't wait. Oh, yeah. And and from Twitter, we've got Wen Moon. He said my sentiment on it, which is that Nico and Mike Evans just seems a little bit redundant. I see I see what Hot Topic TV is saying with the, um, you know, with the jump ball, the 50-50 ball. That's always been nice to have. You know, we had that in DeAndre Hopkins for a while there. Yeah. Um, but I do think that size-wise and just generally, like, where I envision them on the field, it's very, it seems like, they are close to the same. Um, but to, to speak to uh, Tom's point, I mean, I think that the Texans will, you know, I don't know where they're going to go, but I I like to compare it to the Rockets. Shout out to the Rockets. Oh, yeah. 94 Western Conference champions, as my yeah. shirt says. Um, I think that the Rockets paid the, like, the lo- they call it, I, I'd call it the loser tax. I think that's what I've heard it called. Where you know Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet are both guys that they weren't going to sign for any less than what they did to pay for the, play for the Rockets because the Rockets were just, for lack of better terms, in poverty. I mean they're just not a yep. very good team um, prior to now. They've they've they put in the building blocks in place and they will get better. But the Texans, the, that's uh, once again another huge benefit of what the Texans have done this season is that 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 you know loser tax doesn't apply this offseason. They don't have to overpay for free agents because they have to like incentivize them to want to play. Like CJ just has to give them a call and say, "Hey man, like love to have you on the team. You'd be great for this offense." And then boom, done. Maybe even at a discount. We'll see. But I mean, I'm I'm hyped to see next season. But as I've told Tom and as I've said a lot, I I don't I don't like talking extensively or too in depth about the next season when we're still in the current yeah. season. This Texans team it's making the push in the playoffs, playing the Ravens in the divisional round, looking to make their first AFC Championship game appearance. And I think that that's about all we have to talk about. Do you guys have any final comments before we kind of bring this thing to a close? Um, I guess the last thing I would like to say is I, I, we need this. We need this game against Baltimore because every team in our division within the last, I believe, seven years or less has been to an AFC Championship besides the Houston Texans. So, you know, like, I mean, we didn't see Jacksonville go to a Divi- uh, AFC championship. Uh, we, we didn't see the coach do it. I mean, like, it's about time. 
I mean, what is what is our organization? We we we've been a team what's for twenty two years now. What is it? 22, 21 years. So twenty two, yeah. About, it's about time to taste the AFC Championship, and I believe you know everybody. I guess the Vegas and the odds and and uh, the people who believe that that that's the same thing. They they that's the same way they looked at us against Cleveland. I believe Baltimore is beatable. Like you said, uh, if they can stop the tight ends from just going off and going crazy, I believe they are very beatable. Um, but I, I just want to see them go to an AFC championship. Uh, I know the city would go crazy. Everybody would go crazy. And like you say, we just, we just want, I just want to play for the now. Uh, even CJ said it, you know, next year is next year. And who knows how they would go, you know. So right now, while they have the opportunity, I just agree. Let's just go for it. Just looking for an op. That's what D'Amico yeah. says. This guy yeah. get a hop. Yeah. yeah. Right. Tom? For me, it's why not why not us? Why not yeah. the Texans? You know, I think that this team is playing so ahead of schedule. Uh I don't I I mean everybody talks about the playing with house money, and they are, as much as people say, well, no, the the, the expectations have changed. I, I, I feel so good about regardless about what happens in this game. Just the, the, the ability to be in this in this position for CJ year one, for D'Amico year one, for so many of these young guys to be able to build on this success. I I, I mean, if they if they make it to the to the AFC championship game this year, fantastic. If not, I have no doubt in my mind that in the next five years, they might they might get a couple of those because yeah. the team is just going in the right direction. And I have full faith of the of the the front office, of the ownership, of everybody. You can tell they're so invested in this team now. New uniforms, new everything. Like like everything is about making a winner. And in and I feel like in Houston, when ownership decides they want to make winners, whether it's the Dynamo, whether it's the Stroves, whether it's the Rockets, whether it's the Texans, the the things start happening. So I think the yep. Texans are on their way in the right direction, and I'm just along for the ride. Can't forget the Comets, four-times champion, WNBA. They need to be come back. They need to come back. Yeah. I don't know what we're waiting on. <laughs> WNBA is built up. Houston should have a team. It's a travesty. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. I agree, I agree. Well, it's been real. It's been fun. Hot Topic TV, go ahead and let the people know where they can find Jack. Uh, well, you can catch me on YouTube at, at Hot Topic TV. That's uh, um, uh, and and I, as well as on Twitter at Hot Topics Plural TV. So uh, on Twitter at Hot Topics TV, and then on YouTube at Hot Topic TV. Sweet. All right, and then you guys know you can find Third Coast Tom over there on Twitter, and uh, I am at M One Texans Fan on whatever social media you'd like to reach me at TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. YouTube, that's how you'd find the Bullpen's channel is just searching my username, N1Texans fan. But thanks to y'all for showing up, hanging out with us. It's been real. It's been fun. As always, stay classy, Houston, and vamos Texans. Thanks for tuning in to The Bullpen, a Texans podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Please like, comment, subscribe, and follow along for more Texans talk from the bullpen. Take the hand up. Stroud looking. Stroud. And-